You have no idea what goes on in my life. I love Mike and I love rock and roll. Everything would be fine if you just leave me alone. That's some angsty stuff. <laughs> Are we just going to start it now? Oh, wait. Yeah, sure. Do we keep talking after that? I <laughs> I, I forgot. Usually we say a, a Oh, we, we, we do some a we, we do a little bit of riffing after that. Okay. Uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, riff, mm-hmm. riff on that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I wanted Blake to do the dad parts. I wanted you guys to just keep going. Is back. there a dad part? Josh would have to play the dad. I don't uh, what's his reply? Uh, he doesn't say anything to her. The mom says, uh, "Let's see." The mo- my mom tried to answer, but I ran out of the house on the front lawn. I wiped the tears from my eyes, and then Robbie comes into the garage wheeling his bike. Boy, Presley, Dad is really mad at you. He said he thinks Mike is a drug addict. Drop dead! <laughs> I yelled and started running. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh Piss. And Josh, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, we talk about young adult we, young adult books with angsty teens whose fathers don't let them uh, don't let them rock. Mm-mm, are we don't. are we all supposed to have punk rock names right now? Uh, no, because this book is not punk. No one is in. It's uh, not uh, punk. Uh, there is someone with a ostensibly punk name in the book but i want to mm-hmm. take that book aw- or that name away from him because he he does not rock well <laughs> let's do it anyway because i like josh piss it's pretty good hey uh josh what book did we uh what book are we talking about tonight it's called good rockin tonight and picture that in the most like oldies uh, like late night infomercial like <laughs> Nine CDs of the best oldies kind of font. <laughs> Good rockin' tonight. You're going to have tonight. The, the Archies is going to be on there. Uh, just is that all... the only band you can think of? Yeah. The Archies? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad. And tonight we do have a special guest. Joining us is Josh Head. Josh, how's it going? It's it's going all right. I, I'm appreciating seeing this live. I'm used to just listening to the podcast um it's it's this unprofessional every single time well i i missed the theme song like i'm so used to hearing you guys read an excerpt and then a theme song start it was weird to not hear the theme fade up well the magic will happen later i hope blake makes a more rockin theme song i want some i want some carl's perkins riffin in there this time (laughs) around yeah, I want some art. Sounds like a lot of work. What, one thing that does need to be—I mean, we'll get to it in the book, I'm sure—is is her music taste, the main character. It's, uh, <laughs> right. it's, um, it's Josh, curious. Well, what's your what's your punk rock name? Oh, I can't. I didn't think of one. I didn't come up with one. Uh, I think I put one on our Discord, but I, I don't remember what oh. it was. It well, wasn't what, very good. Here's what I'm gonna say: mm-hmm. is that so? One punk rock names are always incredibly stupid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, here's Josh Piss. Here, if you're Josh Piss, can I be? Sorry. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say. So anti-flag. When they started, they were like the most try-hard fifteen-year-old like punk rock kids. Their names yeah. were at the time they had a guy in the band, and he his name was Andy Flag, <laughs> is what he went by. Uh. The drummer's name is Pat Thetic, and then. <laughs> Uh, Justin's name is just insane. 
Just the oh, worst. The that's worst good. Names. But then they got a guy in the band named Chris, and his name was Chris Head. So I guess Head is already a uh, punk rock name. There actually is a, the band Emery has a member named Josh Head. Um, has huh. the exact same <laughs> name as me. Because uh, if you Google my name, that's the first thing that comes up is mm. the band Emery. <laughs> I don't think they're very punk rock, though. I, I, I think they're more in that like Christian hardcore kind of like, thing. I, like I like know. maybe Tooth and Nail Records kind of stuff? Yeah, I think they're more in that wheelhouse for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to be Blake shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes me Jessica shit. Yeah, because we're married. Well, we're, the, we're the shits. You're taking his last name yeah, only once it's shit. Only, what? <laughs> right. It's better right. than Walker. She didn't, didn't take the real. <laughs> shit is better than Walker. Okay. Walker's too common. Shit, not so common. Shit is, yeah, very uncommon. Very rare. Also, you'd have to hear like your boss like call you Jessica shit. You know, it's just. Please, you know, Mr. Shit was my father. Call me Blake. <laughs> Someday I'd like to be Dr. Shit I I aspire to that I was going to say I just want to weigh in on best punk rock name And I think personally the best punk rock name Is Polystyrene from I, X-Ray Specs I was going to say uh, some of those Yeah, or For some reason Pat Smear Pat Smear, uh, I was going to say Pat Smear Sticks out to me uh, Very good I didn't even know, I feel dumb But like I remember when I was younger And he was in the Foo Fighters I didn't know that that was like not his name. I thought his name was literally Pat Smear. It wasn't until I got older and I realized that there was something else, you know, very close to that. That I was, like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, that's what he's going for. And then I learned about him being in the germs and everything. Right. Well, Josh. Which Josh? Oh yeah, we're gonna have to mm. Mm. just call me Piss for the rest of the episode, Mister. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. There's, there's Josh and then there's Piss. So Josh is the guest, and and Piss is the normal Josh. Well, Josh, do you want to tell us a little bit about like, uh, like maybe a podcast you're involved with or some bands that you're in? Just kind of. I'm, give I'm us... glad you said that, Jessica. I am involved uh-huh. with a podcast. No, I I am on uh, as I refer to it, this the the brother or sister podcast, I guess. To uh, are you yeah. there, Pod? I I don't know if that's appropriate, but uh, discographology or. The longer name, more of that presents discography. It's it's very long. It's kind of like uh, what was that book? A uh, precious based on the book Push by <laughs> Sapphire. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's, it's got like that kind of vibe going. Uh, but I, I'm on that with Blake, and we I, talk about I'm albums. On that one too. Yep. Blake's on Blake's on a lot of podcasts. I think. We, why does it? Yeah. Why do you guys have the authority to talk about albums? Do you guys play any music? Are you rocking at all? I mean, not in the last year, but yes, at one point we did play music together. We've played music together since we were like practically teenagers. Yeah, I was wondering how long officially we've, because Blake and I, this is now the the current band we play together. This is what, the third band we've played together? At at least the third. Uh, If you count small side projects, there's definitely more than three. Yeah. And arguably Uh, we we peaked way back when, but we're still going, (laughs) you know. Can, um, can I ask you something? How hard is it to come up with a name for a band? Or how much oh, effort? Blake, yeah. Blake could talk about how uh, our, our had, process for this band. Oh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough a tough. We had process. a multi-month fiasco <laughs> trying to come up with do the you remember, name that we have. Do you remember any contenders? We don't need to, we don't need to talk about They're, the contenders. Oh, they were I horrible. Have, uh, I have a whole file of contenders. Was it like all Blake and the bad. Shits? Was that no. one of them? No, there no. were they, some they were funny. Worse. The funniest one is the, the fact that one of them 
Well, it's our password, so I shouldn't say it. <laughs> it's our password to one of our <laughs> accounts now. Well, you have to tell us that. Uh, well, you, you're, well you're it's not number. <laughs> what was the one Blake uh, Uncle Bunk Beds? Was wasn't that one of them? What wasn't there one called that Logan that. came up with called like Uncle Bunk Beds? I'm gonna say something? this. <laughs> I do not hate it. Uncle Bunk Beds, yeah, like is it, like is like a good crust punk name. Like it doesn't fit with us. That's, but it would be good. See, here's, Josh, to, to, or, I'm sorry, piss to answer your question. Yeah, uh, the, the problem is you've got to find one that is like t- walking the line of sincerity and just being a total like piss take, you know, because like you yeah. want something that sounds good, but it's like hard to do that when you're a group of dudes who none of you necessarily want to be entirely sincere with one another. You know what I mean? Like right, you've got right. to really toe that line. And so I think we had lots of contenders that were just like kind of jokey, goofy names that we mm-hmm. just thought were funny. Oh yeah. And then and someone would throw it. You don't want to be too, you don't want to be stuck as the cherry popping daddies. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, see that, that might've been like a joke name. See, but then some, what happens is somebody throws out a sincere one and then everyone just makes like, makes fun of that neighbor is like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> like no one chooses that one. So yeah, you end up being called more of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here's my question about Uncle Buck. Un- Uncle, Uncle bunk, bunk beds. <laughs> are the is it uncles sleeping in bunk beds, like two uncles, or are the bunk beds uncles? Yeah, I don't know. Or is it no, because you uncle... go to stay the night at your uncle's house and he has bunk beds for uncle you guys so to he, sleep yeah. in? Your nick your nickname for him is Uncle Bunk Bed because when you go to his house, you get to sleep. <laughs> on yeah, the bunk yeah, bed. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like this. I think there's layers to it. Uh, I do too. One yeah. crust punk I knew. Or I, I met at a festival. His name was Toe Rag. Um, <laughs> and he described it as, because one time my toe was bleeding and someone threw a, mm. threw a towel on it and said, it looks like your toe's on the rag. Oh, my God. Oh, that was worse than I thought. I was actually going <laughs> to say, yeah. Blake, do you remember? I'm trying to think of what the worst band names. I could think that of a I've few. That I've involved I, with? Yeah. The, not that we've been in, but like that maybe we played oh. with. I don't, yeah, know. I don't want to call anybody. I don't out. want to call anybody out either. Now call that I think out the touring about it. bands. Call out the no. touring bands. Well, touring bands. I'm trying to think what, what the cringiest touring band name might I have don't been. No. Okay, the couple of times that the first band I was in, Bogart, when we played uh, out of town shows, for whatever reason, we only could ever get responses from like churches. <laughs> like it felt like for a while there, every venue we booked, it was like oh yeah, you can come play here. And it would be like youth night at this church. And there was yeah. this like one at sh- the place in this book. <laughs> Is yeah. that okay. Okay. Yeah. That's very true to life. There's actually a few things true to life in this book, by the way. That's like the, but, what, what's the place that everyone hated? It, it's a coffee uh, shop. Uh, it's on Kimbrew now. New brew. Oh. New brew. No. Oh, magic bean. Magic bean. Magic bean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, new but, brew was, they, I, they I were pretty hard to sometimes. New brew. <laughs> New Brew was a Christian coffee shop. Yes, Ma- yeah. Magic Bean is not. Yes. not Christian. It's right? not Christian, but <laughs> no, no. But they might have had like acoustic guitar nights, right? Yeah, At the they, were so, more, they were more. They were more cocaine related. What, what I was gonna Christ. say though is, one time we played a show in like Kansas City or St. Louis, and the opening band was the Gogs, which stood for God's Original Gangsters. So <laughs> oh, nice. that might were go white? for were they one all of the white? worst. They they looked like like Fleetwood Mac, like they were all like older, like oh Fleetwood Mac now, like they were all very, oh uh, and uh, yeah, they were elderly. Uh, Wait, or, did they or, open for you or did you guys open for like them? Like they open, like 
Yeah, they. I think they played first. I don't recall exactly, but it was a weird trip because then I remember it, when to get paid, I had to like go and to the office with like the the pastor who then like sat me down and started talking to me about you know Jesus and stuff oh, no. before he and I just oh, wanted no. to get the money and get out of there because it was like eleven at night or something and we were deciding to this drive is... back to Springfield. Anyway, yeah, bad. Times. I was I was hoping they were gonna pass it around the hat and take a love offering for you. <laughs> no. Which I guess the is gods, what house shows though. do anyway. Gods are Yeah, I, I used to be I used to live in a house that did house shows and there was many a filthy hat passed around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just how we did it back in those days. Just a lot of gross hats. I, you put I, hope, money in. I hope by I the way could... Blake edits this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah yeah, I do. Um I and I I was gonna say I, I would really enjoy doing just ninety minutes on like reminiscing about bands. <laughs> but um I guess we got to get to the the meat. Good, good rocking right. tonight here. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, before we start, I did do a little bit of research on Frances Lynn Lance, who is the author of this book. Um, she is her. She was actually a children's librarian and writer. Um, she initially aspired to be a rock musician and composer, and instead got her master's in library science and started writing. She wrote over thirty books. Her 1997 book called Someone to Love was selected for the American Library Association Best Books for Young People. She also wrote a book called Stepsister from Planet Weird, which (laughs) was adapted into a Disney Channel original movie in 2000. Um, Josh and I have discussed the love that boomers have for writing Woodstock books, and she also wrote a Woodstock book. Based um, on this, I am not surprised at all that she would have also (laughs) written a Woodstock book. Her Woodstock book was called Woodstock Magic, and it was about a girl who uses her friend's computer to travel back in time to the 60s to attend Woodstock and learn some amazing things about her parents. So, <laughs> Other books that she has written include All Shook Up, which was another time travel teen romance, uh, The Case of the Missing Mummy, which was the seventh book in The New Adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley, Mom, There's a Pig in My Bed, Rock and Roll Romance. Oh, my God. And another book called Rock, I'm sorry, yeah, Rock, Rap, and Rad, How to Be a Rock or a Rap Star, which is described as a guide to achieving success as a rock or rap musician, includes advice on how to learn to play an instrument, write songs, slash rap, make a demo, develop a look, oh my God, land a gig. She's doing air quotes. (laughs) Deal with band egos and much more. So... The problem with that book is that's what Fred Durst read, and that's how, like, rap rock began. <laughs> it's like, I, I want to do it all. Yeah, like, why are both things combined into the same manual? Like, they're just yeah. the same thing. His look, red hat, backwards. That's all he needed. <laughs> Khaki shorts, baby. <laughs> um, and she actually died very young. Um, she was only 52 years old when she died after a five-year struggle with ovarian cancer in 2004. So that was kind of a downer note, and I'm very sorry. But she was married to Craig Shaw Gardner. If you've ever seen his like fantasy novels, they're kind of like um, like Terry Pratchett kind of goofy, uh, Piers Anthony kind of thing. A lot of like weird creatures standing at like a, a county fair in medieval <laughs> times kind of stuff. Okay. Like the, and, and he wrote the novelization for The Lost Boys and all the Back to the Future movies. Ooh, nice. Interesting. So this family has some literary bona fides, yeah. right? <laughs> he okay. is he is a member of the Swordsmen and Sorcerers Guild of America. So, okay, uh, love a sword guy. 
Yeah. Does anyone have a theme drink or anything? I've got a bunch of cookies. No. Yeah, I saw I mean, you eating some cookies. Does anyone have any theme weed? <laughs> because <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, we we cut this whole segment out if we want to, because me and Blake are too lazy to actually do theme anything. Well, I I did a uh, uh, rum and what was it? No, whiskey and coke in a can for the last like five episodes, but this time I have a filthy martini. Just like the rock stars do it. Yeah, exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's a rocker drink. Is there is there any drinking in the book? I feel like she references. There is one reference to uh, one of the characters being drunk at a gig. Yeah, but you don't ever actually see them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. In the industry, in the industry, and Josh can vouch for this. We do call them gigs rather than jobs. So. I, I actually right, have I, some thoughts in this book that are pertaining to that. I, I, I think Blake will be able to back me up on some some weird things in this book that it's like I don't know I would I would love to fact check this book with you. There are <laughs> some well, there are some Let's things in it, it that you're you're also gonna be like, what the hell? <laughs> like that yeah, is not please, happening. Please bring them up. Okay. Yeah. My biggest complaint, and I'm just gonna say it now, is that this book was originally published in nineteen eighty two. And then the version we read was, I guess, republished in 85. So, what? yeah, Did, it was just probably hmm. a hardback and then published later in 85. I don't know. Um, Updated. For, they changed like, it. It wasn't originally Elvis. It was all Buddy Holly and they changed that. <laughs> I, uh, Buddy Holly would have been cooler. I, um, I think my biggest argument was just I could not figure out when this was written. Like what, not when it was written, but when it was supposed to take place. I think because it was supposed her... to take place in like eighty two. Okay, then I have some problems with this book. Like, well, I, what <laughs> it, what year could it have taken place where you wouldn't have the problems? Nineteen sixty. <laughs> uh, I would say maybe early seventies. Maybe wouldn't be so. I mean, the bad. the reason that it has to be at least late seventies at at the latest is Buzzsaw is not a name that you're going to encounter from a rock guy, right? In the it's true. In the seventies, that would have to yeah, be yeah, true. And I meant, yeah, I meant to look it up too because she references reading a Woody Guthrie autobiography, and I meant to look up when that was published, and I never got it. That's Bound for Glory, right? That, that was published, I think, is... during his lifetime. Okay, like he are wrote, any yeah. artists reference that are after the late seventies? No. no. See, well, maybe it does take place in the right. I'm not even sure there's one referenced after 1970. Like yeah. they're all like fifties <laughs> and sixties references, and sixties is pushing it. <laughs> I mean, Bound, so Bound for Glory came it, out in forty three. Okay, yeah. Oh God, the film yeah. came God. out in seventy six. Okay, is it like Saved by the Bell, where the the writers for that were just uh, even yes. though they were writing for the eighties, yes. they were longing for the fifties, yes, and yes. had had no reference past then. Okay, I mean, she references the Beatles. Well, Which, I do. Well, by the way, and I, I know we're going to get into the plot. I I do have some defense of the the girl's music taste. I think, by the way, the the actual answer is it's written by someone who grew up in the fifties, and so those are all mm-hmm. the music references they have. Like, I think that's the yes. actual answer. But I, you could argue that her music taste come from the fact that her being the character in the book. Who have we even talked about any of the characters yet? I know I'm nope. jumping ahead. <laughs> well, I'll. I'll get to it. I'll get to it later. But I do think there is a, a, a an argument you could make as to why this young teen girl in the '80s might have the music taste she does. But I'll wait 
Does I'll that have anything that. to do with uh, her mentor at yes, the record yes, shop? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. that's what. Yeah. I was, yeah. Oh, okay. Can I say that I'm going to write a young adult novel set in contemporary times, and the TikTok teens are all going to be into third wave ska, and I'm just going to act <laughs> like it's normal. <laughs> and this is just—it's a John Green book, but they're into ska. <laughs> There's a, I so I was it. choreographing a, a, a dance to Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real big fish challenge, guys. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll just drive in. Uh, we start with Miriam Presley Bennett, who only goes by Presley. Why? Because her hero is Elvis Presley, and she likes to think that her parents uh, gave her that middle name because of him. She is daydreaming. She's obsessed with rock and roll. She's very excited because she's going to be taking guitar lessons at the Music Shack. Um, and she likes to, you know, do what normal girls do. She likes to dance around her mirror and pretend she's a rock star while rocking out to Elvis Presley. You know? Now, what does she sing into? Is it a hairbrush? I can't remember. She mostly probably. just likes doing sneers. She loves to sneer. <laughs> she likes to look at herself and Interesting. put sunglasses on and say, am I cool? Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically her thing. Um, she um, talks about how her life was changed when she discovered a place called Jake's Record Ranch. <laughs> and it's there that Jake, the owner of the Record Ranch, taught her about Gene Vincent, Eddie Cochran, Elvis Presley. He calls Sally his little rock and roll apprentice. So taking her under his wing. Yeah, this, this shit's old. Yeah. <laughs> and this this is what I was going to say, the thing about her defense of her taste, because I'm sure we've all had, you know, an older mentor person who got us into some music that maybe we normally wouldn't have. Like, I, I know in middle school, I had a teacher that was really into, like, the Beatles, and so I got into the Beatles because of this. Te- like, I think it makes sense that if she was going to this record shop and there was this teacher, or this teacher, this uh owner who was into elvis that maybe that would rub off on her some depending on her age yeah i'm just trying to figure out when this was set but i would think that because she's a a young woman who wants to rock he'd be like hey here's some patty smith (laughs) she's rocking you know although i I will say that that my argument one thing that doesn't hold up to it is if when later in the book she goes to a band rehearsal for this local band. They also cover Elvis in their band. They do. Their warm ups is jailhouse rock. Yeah. Everybody is into Elvis in this town. That's young. The, the, the other song they play is Johnny be good. Like (laughs) these are the, the two are those the only two like songs that get name checked. Um, there are several because I, uh, I created a Spotify playlist for this book okay. and I only put in songs that were name checked. Um, but unfortunately a lot of them aren't rocking because most of the songs that she name checks throughout the book are folk songs that she hates. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, she this is, this is like 1965. This book takes place in 1965. That's no, my no, no. theory. But, but also we'll get into this later, but she's all also looking at the adults who are into Joan Baez and folk music as like the older generation of kind of out of mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. Uh, that would have been their youth. And now they have kids. So she just doesn't have she's any like, contemporary I'm tired of these points. Greatest generation oldies. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Cause she loves Elvis. So she hates the folk. Old, oldies. She says, so she just hates, look, uh, just, 
just looking at Elvis makes her feel better. It's like she has a picture of him up on her wall and like kisses it before she yeah. goes to bed. It's kind of like oh, in junior God. high, like I had a picture of like or high school, I had a picture of like Beck in my locker and I was like, oh, Beck. Give me the warm fuzzies. You had Gavin Rossdale on I your... I totally had Gavin Rossdale I was Rossdale about to say Gavin Rossdale. Kissed it. There was also like Trent Reznor probably. He kissed uh, all of them. I licked them every day. Yeah. It was great. Josh, sorry, Josh's face when I said that. I I'm just thinking of hygiene, you know, living in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic, licking surfaces doesn't sound... And all, all your all your friends licked the same poster? Maybe that's I why understand. I got meningitis in eighth grade. Mm. Just licking, licking shit. Anyway, don't lick shit, guys. Um... So Presley spends her days basically hanging out at the record ranch. She babysits for her former fifth grade teacher, Miss Stokes. Um, they have a little kid. Guess what that little kid's name is? Anyone? <sighs> the first thing I wrote that. about this kid, his name's Josh, by the way. Oh, his name's Joshua. Right. <laughs> is... I'm going to call him Piss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Piss Jr. <laughs> you, you probably should. Uh, the first thing I wrote about him, because he's... He says, Presley, I'm going swimming in the sprinkler. As I said, Josh seems like a bit of a dumbass. And then he <laughs> proceeds to like pull down his swimming trunks and start just like putting his naked body into the sprinkler. Oh, so he, yeah. He, he like sits on idiot. it weird or something. Oh, he says, no. I'm washing my behind. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, at least he's clean. Uh, we we all remember that age the first time we found out it feels good to sit on a faucet, right? Speak for yourself. Ooh. I've read that Chuck Palahniuk book or that Chuck Palahniuk no, short story. We all read that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, by the so, way, sorry. Oh. I say before we get too pa- far past the record ranch, I, I wanted to mention something about that. I I did notice that when she first shows up to the record ranch, it says that the owner is cleaning his records with alcohol and paper towels. So I just had to point no. out that uh, I don't know no. if this guy's a, a real record store owner that he's cleaning with alcohol and paper towels. It seems someone bad get fair. Logan on the phone. Yeah, get, uh, a friend of ours runs a record cleaning uh, business on the side. He's a big stickler about that stuff. Uh, yeah, his, his records are all just trashed. Have like little fibers in the grooves. Garbage. Yeah. Well, one day while she is hanging out at the record store and Jake is playing some Carl Perkins. Presley starts playing air guitar, getting really into the music when she hears a voice behind her that says, well, 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 who's this little teen angel? Creep, out, creep, creep. Total, total creeper. Mm. It's a it's a pretty hot dude, though. Um, they kind of flirt a little bit. And when she leaves the store, she thinks, wow, 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 he's <laughs> cute. He smiled at me and he likes rock and roll. All right. So things are looking up for our girl. I mean, what more um, can you want than... <laughs> Than a I mean, hottie that's all who, I want. who want who likes rock and roll. Yeah. Um, so I already mentioned that she has a summer job or she babysits for a little boy named Joshua. Um they With like a clean to butt. Yeah, very clean butt. Um they like to sing little songs together normally, like uh I believe they're all like Woody Guthrie songs, like um Pick It Up and The Car Song. I think those are all like Woody Guthrie songs. Oh, here's um, here's something that will uh from that section that will age it. She says kind of dismissively, the most recent record in their collection is this is Sesame Street. Oh, okay. Because they have like Woody Guthrie and Joan Baez and stuff yep, like that. I wrote down Pete Seeger. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there is a part where she's playing like their records while she does house cleaning for them. And I want to say that I relate to Presley on this, but she's talking about listening to Bob Dylan and she says, 
Bob Dylan was wailing the song that seemed to go on forever. <laughs> I say, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like every don't, Bob don't Dylan song I've ever heard. Do you like that new um, like 17 minute one about JFK? I uh, haven't listened to it. It's pretty good. Okay. I'll listen to it. I don't hate Bob Dylan, but he does wail on and on forever sometimes. So her first guitar lesson is coming up and she's very excited. So she goes to her lesson at the music shack and her teacher is female. What? 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 A, a no. cool rocker mm-hmm. chick? No, it's a folk guitar player. And worse of all, she's Susan Frizzelli's mom. Do you guys know who Susan Frizzelli is? She's no. she's a total narc. She has a fifth grade mind trapped in a 10th grade body. Mm. Just the worst. She is, quote, um, the biggest nerd in school. And the word nerd <laughs> is spelled N-U-R-D for some reason. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, what? they spell nerd N-U-R-D in this book. This is antiquated. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of kind of punky, right? Like riot girl. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's that. Oh, okay. I don't think that's what they were going for. Um anyway, so the teacher, uh Miss Frizzelli makes her play all these folk songs and even forces her to buy a Joan Baez songbook and she is not happy about it. Can I say she is very suggestible when it comes to upselling? Because she she goes into Jake's record ranch and he's like, listen to this, it's Carl Perkins. And then she buys it for $4. He's probably and like, then, I finally got rid of that Carl Perkins record. Exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, how, how, how do I go about finding a 15-year-old girl that I refer to as a groovy, a groovy chick that comes in the store to make my apprentice <laughs> to sell all of my books that have been sitting on the shelf for years and years and years? So what you need is like a a lit a lit chick, right? Because he calls her like his rock and roll apprentice. So you just need like a. You gotta be very naive and suggestible. If if I said any of the things about a fifteen year old who came in my store alone that this guy says about her, I should be put in right. prison. <laughs> I, I did want to give a, a shout out to the dad's instincts because at one point it mentions she was wanting to get a job and the dad was put off by the fact that Jake referred to his daughter as a really groovy chick. So yeah. I was just going to say, good in, good instincts, dad. It is a little weird that this older guy's like, I like your daughter coming in my store. Yeah. He knows grooming when he sees it. <laughs> well... Speaking of Jake, one day she's in the record ranch and she's complaining about how her first lesson was folk guitar. She hates folk guitar. She wants to learn rock guitar. And he suggests that she use her own babysitting money to buy rock guitar lessons. And he he knows a guy and he is the guitarist for the Killer Ants, which is the hottest group in town. They have posters all over. They have to be good. And that guitarist is named Buzzsaw McManus. So what does what does Presley do? She hops on a bus, goes over to his place, which is, she points out, in the bad side of town. Uh, can, knocks you, on his... What is the name of the street? What? This scary street? Fear, fear. It's named Ooh. Shelby Terrace. <laughs> Just the, <laughs> the menacing street. <laughs> Terraces are where rich people live, exactly. right? Yeah, Terrace doesn't sound at all like, like scary. The, the author looked out her door and found the nearest street. He's like, uh, Shelby Terrace. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Josh you're the only one here who plays guitar um, correctly I should say uh, do you have to switch instructors if you want to learn rock versus folk <laughs> I, I yeah well I mean I guess it is a little bit I mean it depends on how 
what kind of folk guitar we're talking about. Cause I think the kind that like Joan Baez and, and I presume the kind that this teacher would be wanting her to teach is pretty intricate, like finger picking kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it, it does require, I think a certain level of skill that's different than like being able to play like power chords and stuff, you know, rock guitar. So it actually is a little <laughs> different. Although I do want to note, I've never taken guitar lessons like, at a teacher, but I've, I've had friends who have, and every single friend I've had that's taking guitar lessons, like all it was is they show up and their teacher's like, uh, what song you want to learn? And then they like would, you know, play them some new song. Smoke by, on the water. Well, yeah. Or they play them some like, I, I like this, you know, new Foo Fighters song. And the teacher would be like, okay, let's sit down and try and figure it out. Like that's everybody I've ever known that's taking guitar lessons. That's what it's like. I've never heard of a guitar lesson teacher would be like, here's what you're going to learn. This is the stuff you have to learn. You know, that it just, I don't know how that would work. So I well, went, this is for Zelly doesn't work that way. I yeah, went so. to guitar lessons. This is why I quit playing guitar. Probably Kirk, Kirk Tratnell was my teacher. He was really into just like doing riffs and like, like long hair guy. Uh, he had an album, a solo album of just like guitar riffs called into the vortex if that like nice. kind of tells you uh, what he was about. And so what mm-hmm. would happen is he told me to bring in like whatever I liked. And then he just like played it for a while. And, and that was exactly it. And then he taught me how to play <laughs> Blink-182's Blink Damn It. Damn It? Okay. That's cool. The only yeah. song I can play on guitar. <laughs> More than what I can play. Um, Not bad. Yeah, so uh, she goes immediately to his apartment and knocks on his door and he tells her to come in. He is still in bed because he forgot she was coming, even though Jake had just called 10 minutes ago. And he asked Presley to turn around so he can put on his pants. (laughs) And she's thinking in her head, luckily, he doesn't look like a murderer or a sex maniac. (laughs) Anyway, they agree on having lessons on Saturdays at four and he asks her to call me Buzzy. Look, Buzzsaw is my formal name. (laughs) Uh, that, it, call, call me my friends call me buzzy this would once again underline uh her dad being right not to let her work for a guy exactly. who's going to send her to a guy who's getting up at like 3 30 <laughs> and not wearing pants alone he's <laughs> like yeah just go over and walk over to his house it's fine in the yeah. bad neighborhood yeah no problem you're a teenage girl yeah, yeah. what is what is <laughs> well, his cat's name Burp. burp the cat burp the cat also I was cute. did you guys think the insinuation was that, that dude was 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 a pothead like just the oh, way totally. that they're like he forgot 10 minutes after the phone call it seemed like the indication was this dude is just blazed right now when she shows up <laughs> <you know? laughs> well presley has a things for dudes who like to smoke yeah. I will say this for Buzzy. At least he can shut up about liking to smoke, unlike some people who <laughs> who just won't stop talking about it. It's true. Um, well, speaking of Presley's dad, who we mentioned earlier, he does not want Presley to take rock lessons, and he thinks that Jake of Jake's Record Ranch is a kook, and so all of his friends must be too. And he, this is like a, I wrote, he's like the freaks and geeks dad. Um, and that's who I pictured yeah, like every yeah, time yeah. I saw him. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, she's saving it all for college, unless, of course, she decides to be a rock and roll singer and uses it to buy heroin. Johnny Rotten spits on his fans. (laughs) (laughs) uh, By the way, I did actually, I also have in my notes, Lindsay Weir vibes, like especially when when she gets to the part where she's with the guy and they go on dates, so-called dates. Oh, yeah. It's very, I just imagine her in the military jacket, you know, like Linda (laughs) Cardellini. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I'm trying to think of what's really she, important to mention. Does anyone here. bring up Elvis dying on the toilet? <laughs> or is this no. or, or is this a pre I was just thinking of that that episode Beers and Weirs. Mm-hmm. Is this a pre Elvis's death world? I that might be lend more credence to that theory that it was written before yeah. then because All right. When did Elvis die? 70? Mi- like, it was the mid 70s, right? Mid, mid or oh, late, right? Mid, okay. I believe. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think of where to go from here. 77, by is... the way. 77. The mm. year punk was born. The year my sister was born. They, his soul obviously went into hers. That's the only <laughs> explanation. So Presley is practicing um, some of the Joan Baez uh, songs from her songbook. And she realizes a lot of the songs are about murder. And that's kind of cool to her because she previously thought that all folk songs were either about meeting your true love under the cherry tree or... Or about racehorses with names like Stewball. I don't know where she gets this impression. Stewball is a. I, I had this thought. So Stewball is an old folk song. It's actually the folk song that John Lennon ripped off for "Happy Xmas War Is Over." If you look up Stewball, oh. it's the exact same melody and everything. It's it's a dumb song, what? but it's an actual <laughs> old folk song. But both songs are dumb, to be sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she wants to call Sally, her old best friend, and tell her about Susan Frizzelli's mom being her teacher and about Buzzy. But then she remembers that Sally's brother had actually seen a Killer Ants performance, and he told her that they kicked microphones off the stage and broke beer bottles against the table. So hmm. I guess she doesn't want to get involved there. So again, the Killer Ants sound late 70s, right? Or early 80s. Punk vibes. Yeah. But it, that could have been... I mean... Woody Guthrie probably did that shit. I mean, Johnny Cash did that kind of shit. So yeah, but the Killer Ants could come have on. been could be anyway. It could just be a, a wild honky tonk type. Yeah, show. but he doesn't uh, have honky tonk vibes to him. Like you didn't read this book. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just speculating. Is this like a, a riff, riffing on Adam and the Ants? Maybe. Oh, uh, you I might be know. giving her too much credit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a... <laughs> All right, she, I, they didn't exist yet. I uh... well, they existed, but. I, I will say uh, later on, uh, t- to that point, Josh, uh, or, or sorry, Piss, uh, later on, uh, <laughs> they do uh, talk about some of the songs the Killer Ants play, and it is hilarious how those line up with them kicking bottles right, and such. Exactly. I'll, I'll save that until we get to that point, but it is uh, it is weird to think about. Um, yeah. So... Uh, Presley continues her lessons with Mrs. Frizzelli on Saturday mornings, and at one lesson, Mrs. Frizzelli tells her she has a lovely singing voice, so Presley starts to sing with more of a growl. She starts singing a little more Joan Jetty, a little sneery, you know? Do you remember- One day after- uh, At that lesson, she's wearing a button, and Mrs. Frizzelli asks her what it says. Do you know what it says? Or do you remember what it says? I can't remember. Rip it up. <laughs> and, Dang. And she says, what does that mean? And she says, it means act wild, get crazy, or rock and roll. <laughs> like, she just loves this kind of nebulous idea of rebelling without, like, right. any... Yeah. Right. Which, she has a conversation later with later with Buzzy about it. Actually, she has conversations with everyone about right. <laughs> rock, rock and, and roll, roll and what it means to them. And, yeah. But... I, yeah. I mean, so, the children of School of Rock had a much better handle on rebellion and what it meant to rock than than Presley. You know, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. And had, also, I kind of want to watch that movie. And had better songs. They also had better songs than the Killer Ants. 
<laughs> Definitely. Um, so after a rock guitar lesson at Buzzy's, when she opens the door when she is leaving, Mike is there, the cute boy from the record store. He's also a student at Buzzy's, and he asks, hey, girl, what do you do during the week? And she tells him that she babysits for a three-year-old on Franklin Street. And he says, hey, maybe I'll stop by sometime. Guess what? He stops by sometime. He shows up on a motorcycle while Presley is babysitting. So he just did he just drive up and down Franklin Street until he saw her outside? Like yeah, because she doesn't even say exactly where on Franklin she lives, just that she lives on Franklin Street. Yeah. So was he just driving around like waiting until she was outside with the kid or I don't know. So Right, right because you know, it also it also hinges on her being outside and seeing him drive by on his mober cycle, as as this idiot kid would say. <laughs> oh, poor Joshua the kid. Um so uh, he shows up on the motorcycle and knocks over the kid's blocks. What a rebel. Um, <laughs> and they start having a conversation and he tells Presley, you know what? I don't work, but I'm in a band. And she's like, oh, so excited. And she asks if they have a name. And he's like, eh, we don't have one yet, but we're going to start gigging this summer. It's already summer, but okay. Um, then he invites Presley to band practice and tries to get her on his motorcycle. And she does the worst babysitter move ever. Our girls of the BSC would never do this. Uh, didn't she they hop- once do something like this? No, that was the bad group of girls, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he keeps asking her to get on his bike and ride with her. And she's like, hello, I'm babysitting like a three-year-old. And she does get on his bike eventually and cruises with him up the street and leaves the kid there alone. That kid, we know he's not very bright. He's sitting on sprinklers. <laughs> what could happen while she's gone? A lot of things, but anyway. Did you think? Um, did you think that this was going to come back to haunt her? I just assumed she was going to get in trouble when this big mouth kid said something, but he never does. I guess he knows how to keep a secret, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. It also, <laughs> so, I mean, it um, does. It does speak to, like you said, uh, uh, Josh. Her her suggestibility. The fact that like this guy just pulls up and is like, "Hey, right. get on my motorcycle." She's like, "Sure," you know. Very susceptible to, uh, but only to the end of the street. Here, only to the end of the street, Mike. Hey, that's rebellion, though, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, and whenever he drops her off, he leans over to Presley and whispers, "I think you're pretty." So, um, now that she likes a boy, she decides to call her best friend Sally, who she hasn't talked to in a while because they're drifting apart. One main reason is because she thinks of rock and roll as a hobby, not a lifestyle. But Mm. whatever. (laughs) She doesn't understand. <laughs> it's yeah. like the and it's like the casualties say, this isn't fucking fashion. It's a way of life. So listen up, <laughs> Sally. <laughs> These Liberty Spikes, they're not temporary, all right? <laughs> I'm going to be like this when I'm 80. <laughs> yep. So they have a conversation, and I think uh, their conversation is kind of funny. Um, they're talking about boys, and Presley says, I'm still confused. I mean, I like him. But he makes me nervous. When he tells me to do something, I just do it. And Sally says, that's the way it feels when you're in love. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she goes to the band's rehearsal. And at the rehearsal, I think, like, I don't know if Piss or Josh pointed this out, but they play <laughs> uh, Jailhouse Rock. My notes say and- Jailhouse Rock, lol. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to get warmed up. And then they play an original by um, the lead singer, David. And he thinks, you know what? It'd be better if we sing this with a female. Uh, Presley, can you sing? And she comes up and sings. And 
they think she sounds good and they might work on it later more. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I have a lot of things about their band practice, how many songs they, we, we'll get into the number of songs later, but I also uh, have a note about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all over the place on song numbers, I would say. <laughs> um, but okay. he just keeps saying, we have no time for that. But then he like drags practice out until an hour after she's supposed to be home. Right. Is this that practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was supposed to be home at nine and he was supposed to be her ride. And he was still they were still practicing at 10. But it, so it was an hour past her curfew. Something was so pressing that we can't finish practicing this song now that we're now adding more vocals to and a new member also, for this song. Also, so the I don't know if you guys I, I don't know why I have this written down, but I just have written down Chip's wispy mustache. <laughs> Isn't there isn't there somebody in the is it the drummer's name Chip or something? Chip is the Chip. one that sucks and they get rid of yeah, him. Yeah, but they, I think they out. say at one point he has a wispy mustache. I don't know. I Maybe that's yeah. why he gets kicked out. Like Yeah, I think he was we the can't guitarist have this though guy because in the green room. Yeah. Is he like 15? Is it a yes. puberty thing? <laughs> yeah, of course. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, we all we all had one of those. Yeah. Uh, any other takes on the rehearsal night? Josh? How long? How long did this practice go? Because I know, in, in with us, if, after like forty-five minutes, it's just like oh, I'm getting tired. Man. <laughs> this went. This went like three or four hours. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to remember if I wrote down what time she showed up. I didn't. I just said that her dad doesn't know because he's at bowling league. So I didn't write. I, what and time and she... I think it's actually said here, uh, Josh, that. The number of songs they have. So I'll miss you. They say that they have 25 songs. Did you have that yes. down as well? Well, Which... I have that down later when she has to learn the songs. Oh, well, hold on. We'll That's get to that later. That's what it is. Okay. I've been in bands that lasted a decade that didn't have 25 songs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. okay. We'll, 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 we'll get back we'll to get, the songs later. We'll get later. to that later. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought it was here. So uh, Mike is playing a little hard to get and hasn't talked to Presley in two weeks. And Presley is starting to like her folk guitar lessons, although she won't admit it to anybody. At one of her practices, Buzzy tells Presley to write a song in the interim, and they'll work on it the following lesson. And she tries to write a song after listening to some Beatles records. And she says, I managed to write two or three brilliant melodies, but then I'd realized they'd already been written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, so I had to start over. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So she starts writing a song about Mike and she manifests a phone call from Mike. Um, And he tells her, hey, babe, I'm going to pick you up at seven. So it really is one of those phone calls where he's like, be ready. I'm picking you up at seven tomorrow. (laughs) You just hear a motorcycle rev up in the background. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) this is when Presley talks about her past with boys and how she's always just been one of the guys. Um, when she was 12, she made a kid named Bruce be her boyfriend because everyone else had one and she made him buy her a ring and try to kiss her too and broke up after the school year ended. And then she got so into rock and roll that she was back where she started, where she was just one of the guys because there aren't very many female electric guitarists. So if she tries to be one, everyone's going to notice her. But once they notice her, the comparisons will start. Is she as good as the male guitarist? Is she a novelty? And so she always figured that the ultimate success would be to convince people that she's the same as a man, but then she'd be there again, just one of the guys. So poor Presley. <laughs> anyway, I felt by the Mike way that comes- that was like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I've never obviously been a female guitarist in a band, but 
did, that felt kind of like an authentic part of the book to me. Like I wonder yeah, yeah, if the yeah. author, <laughs> like being the fact that she did, because it said in her bio, you said she had written songs, wanted to be mm-hmm. a like I don't know that part felt like she was writing from like a, a personal place there a little bit. <laughs> You know? I agree. And I also like I remember like when I was like 12 or 13, I had like no real interest in boys, but everyone else had a boyfriend. So I was like, I guess I should, too. Hey, what's up, Ricky? You know, like Ricky, you are my boyfriend. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I made him buy me a rose during one of those Valentine's like yeah school fun uh... drives. Yeah. But yeah, I was also always one of the boys, but I didn't play guitar. So um parents meet mike and he impresses them and tells them that they're going to a dinner and a movie but when they get in mike's car mike asks if they can just skip the movie because he has to pick up some marijuana what yeah and presley's pretty conflicted about it um she's not against marijuana she doesn't know quite what it would do to her but she knows that a lot of rock and roll musicians take drugs so stop being so uptight (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna be a rebel Go do it. So he doesn't show up on his motorcycle when he picks her mm-hmm. up because he knows that parents won't like it. And he knows how to charm the parents, which I wrote here, slimed the parents. Because one time my sister had a boyfriend and uh, I, my dad found out they were making out or whatever it was. And he said, that kid slimed me. He slimed me. <laughs> what? <laughs> because uh, Like ghost, Ghostbusters? No, just because he was... He knew how to be very charming to parents, but he was sliming them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's what Mike does. Like, he comes into the house and introduces himself and is very charming. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, when, and he, I, when he gets her in the car. I think he has his parents' wagon or something, like the parents' station wagon. Yeah. And then yeah. when he gets her in the car, he's like, let's go buy drugs from, quote, Bill is the biggest dope dealer on campus. <laughs> <laughs> well. So... Yeah, so you said Lindsay Weir vibes, which, yeah, I get that uh, from this character. She's hanging out with a freak. And now I'm going to picture Mike as James Franco, young James Franco. Yeah, Yeah, too cool. Well, and especially Mm -hmm. when it gets to, like, they go on multiple dates, and every single time he's just like, let's just get high. Like, he's just, and (laughs) let her know, I can can picture Lindsay Weir, you know, that exasperated, like, is this all, like, this is it? You're just going to get stoned all the time, you know? (laughs) Like, this is what you want to do? Yep. So, yeah, so she gets stoned for the first time that night. They smoke at the makeout point. They get McDonald's and then they make out. It's kind of a perfect first date. She does so, say it's in fun, right? Doesn't she say yeah. like the first yeah. date was actually kind of fun? <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. She gets her um, boob grabbed. It sounds fun. I don't think they say that part, do they? <laughs> Doesn't, yeah. He's, uh, he's always, he's very handy. He's handy. Uh, yeah. He always okay, wants to But go she like okay. kind of pushes farther. him off. Yeah. So she's paranoid that she has to get past her parents. Um, and she says that she feels excited, exhilarated. She's learning to play the electric guitar, is going out with a rock musician, and even smoked dope. But deep <laughs> down inside, I was frightened, too. Everything was happening so fast. Everything was so new. Um, but she does get past her mom. Her mom doesn't even notice that she's stoned. And she continues working on her song. Dumb mom. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I know, mom right? Mom didn't even know. I also Moms think just themselves. the mom seems to like give her a little bit more leeway than the dad throughout the book. And I think the mom might have turned uh, looked the other way on, on this. Yeah. I think moms might do that. Moms are in denial, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I came home a few times 
just reeking of every every damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like she had to have known oh, something. When I was in high school, my friends and I all smoked, and we would like drive around smoking cigarettes, and that's just the stinkiest thing. No one else in my family smoked. But you could just say we were bowling. Home. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would come home and my mom was like, oh, God, you smell like cigarettes. And I'm like, Beth smokes. Yeah, I would just say that my friend's yeah. house was like, his parents are like chain smokers. So like, <laughs> obviously, I smell like smoke when I come home. Yeah, not me, mom. I'm not smoking Marlboro Light 100s. Should I start talking about the lyrics that she's crafting for her song? Sure. Aren't yes. they like, I love Mike, I love Mike, or whatever that song <laughs> Well, was. she writes two songs. That's the first She one. does. One is about loving Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and then the- he calls. Mike, I really um, care for you. Are the lyric that's the lyric that I wrote down? Terrible, bad song. <laughs> well, she writes one about being a rebel, and she says you got to be rebel to play rock and roll, and that's just what I want to be. I'm gonna take what I want, and I won't ask twice. Come on and be a rebel with me. Those are some of her beginning lyrics. Um, I can hear Joan Jett. She starts seeing Mike regularly. Um, I wrote, they're going steady, kind of. He's always stoned and horny. Because <laughs> he's very handsy. Um, and one day he calls and tells her that they kicked out Chip with the wispy mustache. Mm-hmm. And um, they ask if Presley wants to join the band. Uh, Presley doesn't have an electric guitar, though. So she has to buy one. And she buys one for $60. Okay, maybe this will tell us an era. Or how much do you want to look at the exchange rate? I mean, you could you could still go buy a guitar right now for sixty dollars. It's it just depends on the quality of guitar. As a first, but this if this was like in the seventies or eighties, would a used guitar be sixty dollars? In sixty nine, you could get a real six string at the five and dime. (laughs) So that's true. Ten ten cents? How does what's a five and dime? So this is sixty, and it's a bad guitar. Like they agree, it's not very good. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think you could get a, a decent, like, probably a, a somewhat nice, not a great guitar. It's a Dan Electro? Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's totally possible. Okay. Also, um, can we just agree that it's a very good decision to add your girlfriend, who you don't know how much she plays guitar, just started learning to your band? Seems like mm-hmm. n- no no potential problems here. It's a classic <laughs> teenager move, though, right? Classic right, yeah. Fleetwood Mac shit. <laughs> I do have a lot of notes about that. Um, Jack, who is the drummer and whose house they practice at, is kind of a dick about Presley using his amp because he doesn't like the idea of a girl guitarist. Why does a drummer have an amp? What's because all their gear is at his house. Yeah, but drummers also, shouldn't have guitars at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Well, <laughs> drummer shouldn't make guitars. I'm just saying, why does... Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so... Okay, so here, here's where she says... I had four days to learn 25 songs before the first practice. Yes. One, why oh do they have possible? 25 songs? Two, <laughs> why does she have to learn all of them by the first practice? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll add to that, that when they play their set later, do you remember how long it says it takes them to play their set? Oh, no. 45 like minutes. The- yeah, they played like five songs though, right? <laughs> no, they. I thought they played all twenty-five. That was my assumption. Oh, oh. they're a punk band. They're like <laughs> yeah, I was 30 like, these songs are a minute long. You know, a minute and a half <laughs> long. Like Jesus. Wait, I thought they only played five songs. Maybe they do. Maybe I read that wrong. I, I wrote but, down but, twenty-five songs in forty-five minutes. <laughs> but but you're it's a marathon. You're right that it. It's also weird that they're like. We need two more songs. You know what I mean? Like, you have 25 songs. Yeah. What? Why are we panic 
doing a Woody Guthrie cover now and doing this original Rebel song. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, she still hasn't told her parents about joining this unnamed band yet. Her dad definitely won't like, even though her mom is looser. Um, but her idea of real exciting music is Wayne Newton. I had to write that down. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she decides that she won't tell them at all. And it's such a great idea. She didn't know why she hadn't thought of it before. Um, if she was going to be a true rebel, there was something she'd just have to keep to herself, like Mike's motorcycle and marijuana and the killer ants and now the band. So Just lies at, upon lies upon lies, Presley. Yeah. <laughs> so after the rehearsal where they play like a million songs and whatever, um, they warm up, though, with Jailhouse Rock. Is that the... Yep, that's their favorite warm-up song because that was the first song they played at her, the first rehearsal she went to. Um, afterwards, Mike won't give her a ride. He has to go get weed. So David gives Presley a ride home after practice and tells Presley that he started writing songs after hanging out at the place, which is kind of like a hangout in the basement of an Episcopal church. And he invites Presley to come and hang out with him. So I always, uh, I always love the names for things in these young adult books, but I, mm-hmm. I, we might have talked about this, this earlier. The place is actually a perfect name for this kind of, uh, like <laughs> a coffee house kind of uh, open mic place. That that sounds pretty, pretty accurate. I think pretty accurate, and also like that it's just like in the basement of a church. Like that yeah, is, yeah, yeah, definitely pretty accurate for like small towns. I would say. So at a lesson, she plays Buzzy her rock song, and he asks her what she thinks about rock and what does she think it means to be a rock and roll rebel. And this is when they have a big conversation that gets Presley thinking. And she says, I don't know, just acting wild and never holding back, you know, crazy living and going all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Going all the way. And Buzzy says, until you burn yourself out. And Presley says, like, what do you mean? And then Buzzy says, you know what? Most of those rock stars that didn't hold back are dead now. They went all the way until there was nowhere left to go. Damn. Doing Their planes crashed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this, yeah, depending upon when this was set. This took place before, like, all the all the 27 <laughs> club deaths happened. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> sometimes Blake's, sometimes you, uh, you rock all night for a bucket of Coors, but then you want to look rock and roll. So you smash them all on the table at the bar and then you got nothing. <laughs> yeah. So um, later that night, she goes to the place for the first time, and David tells Presley all about Woody Guthrie and explains to her that there can be all kinds of rebels, like Guthrie, who didn't just run around acting crazy, but saying about, you know, the exploitation of migrant farmers and how this country is fucking horrible, etc. Saying about this <laughs> land being your land. And, yeah. And Presley says, yep. And Presley says, it seems to me if you want to play rock and roll, you can't just be an ordinary, boring person. You got to be tough. You got to be wild. And that's when David says, I think you've got to figure out what you want to rebel against first. Then you have to decide how you'd rather live instead. Mm. And the two start working on a song together. On her next date with Mike, she. (laughs) Now I'm just imagining some of those who work forces. (laughs) <laughs> so there's, there's something something there what do you have to rage against figure out what you want to rage against first and she's like i don't know the the machine <laughs> <laughs> has anyone ever seen i think it's a very very it might even be his first movie uh marlon brando and the wild one where he plays like the leader of like a motorcycle gang 
and they're terrorizing this small town and someone like like some old person or something is like what are you rebelling against and marlon brando's like what have you got like was that marlon i I got that confused with james dean i didn't realize no that was a ripoff though i'm sure of a james dean type of rebel without a cause probably but anyway watch that because it's really fun and cheesy um so anyway, at her next date with Mike, she wants him to come in the house first because she wants to play him the song that she wrote with David and tells him that she went to the place and Mike is mad and they go out anyway. He doesn't want to hear the song and he suggests just getting high in the mall parking lot. Let's get stoned is his quote. <laughs> and that's when he pushes Presley down in the car and tries to have sex with her. And I wrote, that's assault, bro. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't worry. She pushes him off, but... At that point, she should have just left. So um, and the next morning, and he's oh, sorry. He, sorry, he gets extremely jealous about finding out that Mike or that uh, David. she went to the place with David. David, and he says, "I thought you were my girlfriend." Like he's just extremely like controlling and possessive. Yes, uh, you think a stoner would just be kind of cool and chill, but not this guy. He's not. He is. Um, yeah, he's an aggressive stoner. Yeah. So the next morning, her mom confronts her about Mike. Her dad had heard that he's a notorious drug user from his bowling buddies and they get in an argument and Presley defends Mike. And that's when she tells her mom that she has no idea what goes on in her life. Um, and th- this is some of my favorite because you don't hear this as much like drug talk. The dad says mm-hmm. Mike, Mike takes drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very parent way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So she's thinking later and she's been thinking about what she's rebelling against and she has like an epiphany and she decides that um, I just can't handle my parents. It's not because oh. they're concerned about Mike and don't want me involved with drugs. I expected that and I was smart enough to know that because if they didn't worry about me, they'd be lousy parents. But it was more than that. I knew I didn't want to grow up to be like my parents. My father worked in the gas station all day and then came home and watched television and his only real thrill is being a bully while her mom has spent her entire life pampering and keeping her father happy and never did anything for herself. He works at a gas station? Yeah. It comes from smelling of gas. <laughs> I thought you Is were shocked. I thought you were shocked by the fact that this dad can work at a gas station and support a family of with two I, kids. Yeah, a, I am shocked shocking. by that. And like that what? The mother doesn't work, right? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could support a family being a pump jockey working for tips. <laughs> I guess, man, those are the days when you could buy a house for like $1,000. Working it to come and go. <laughs> Guitars for $60. So <laughs> after the whole drug... A dime de- bag was a dime. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so after the whole debacle with uh, the father finding out about Mike, he forbids Presley from seeing Mike, but she doesn't have a real punishment. So she just can't see her boyfriend. Um after her rock lesson with Buzzy one day, she asks if she can hang out and talk to him. Just chill and talk. And she tells him that she's confused about the rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and Buzzy tells her about his past, how he used to do a lot of drugs. And he was in a band that was going places. And because of his drug use, he was kicked out of the band. But then later he got his life together. He smoked too much weed to be in a band. Is that what it's saying? Did It just says a lot of drugs. Did this... Did this uh, adult man give anything to the 15-year-old before the, they had this heart-to-heart? He did. He gives her a, uh, a beer. Yeah. Oh, great. 
And she's like, cool, okay. A beer that's already open. It w- <laughs> it's warm. There's a cigarette butt floating in it. The, before this, like, she's, like, in her internal monologue, she's thinking about how she she'd wanted to, like, have Mike, or not Mike, uh, Buzzy take her under his wing and, like, they'd have heart-to-hearts and stuff like that. Like, she pictured him as a... She really wants someone to just explain to her what rock and roll and being a rebel is and give her, like, a guide yeah. on how to do it. Yeah, I think she even said that he would be, like, her guitar teacher, but also, like, her attitude teacher or something <laughs> like that, like, at one point. Cool. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, he then invites her to go to the River Festival to see the Killer Ants play. In the meantime, her friend Sally is covering for her so she can still go to her band rehearsal. And that's when she realizes that telling Sally about her experiences with Mike is more exciting than actually doing it. And Sally confides to her that she heard Mike was a drug dealer. And that's when Presley's like, hmm, how does he always have money? <laughs> so... Um, she still, though, wants to meet up with, make up with Mike. They haven't spoken since their last date. And she says that I wanted to find out what Mike thought, what he was rebelling against, how he wanted to live. I felt sure we could figure out things together. I don't know. If you're on a date with a girl, she's like, what are you rebelling against? How do you want to live? What? (laughs) Really strange. (laughs) So anyway, after practice, Mike takes Presley home, and she tells him that she can't see him anymore because her dad knows about the drugs. And he's like, hey, can we just meet at the uh, West Bridge at the River Festival? We can talk then. So she goes to the River Festival with her mom and Robbie. Her dad is working, and the family all splits up. Um, she meets up with Mike and asks Mike about being a rebel. And she says, I always figured I had to be a rebel to play rock and roll. But now I'm not sure what that means. Do I have to be tough and wild? Do I have to smoke dope? And then Mike and can't explain. Oh. He, he says, you don't have to do anything but be my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any kind of agency at all, girl. You you let me do the thinking, baby. <laughs> you just ride on the back of my motorcycle and look good. That's all you have to do. Basically. And after he says that, she's like, but why do you like rock and roll? And he says... How should I know? It sounds good. My parents hate it. It gets me girls. That's why I got into it. <laughs> I do what I want and don't give a damn what anyone says. <laughs> That's what he says. So, yeah, as she's wandering around the River Festival, she runs into Jake with his mom. And Jake, who is known to walk around barefoot around his store, is actually wearing shoes. And his mom calls him Junior in front of everyone. How embarrassing. <laughs> anyway. Um, so while they're waiting for the killer ants to play, they are talking about their rumors that the killer ants are going to have a record contract. They're getting a record deal, guys. So also, I mean, I I don't know how this river festival works. Like I don't Mm -hmm. in Springfield. I don't think we have a, uh, there's nothing really that correlates to this. Right. But they are cider cider days or whatever. What's that one done? Yeah. There's cider days and arts fest. Like they have bands sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I, it's I, I, to me this seems more like in Milwaukee they have a thing called Summerfest which is like that's not just a one day thing it's like a big thing but like she says like you go there to look and be looked at so it, I guess it's kind of like Cider Days or Arts Fest that way but so <laughs> the the Killer Ants are the biggest band in town but mm-hmm. they're playing the one o'clock slot that doesn't seem. <laughs> 
<laughs> that doesn't seem like the hottest festival time slot. But I guess if it's like one of those like 10 a.m. to 5 o'clock festivals. I, I also yeah. wanted to point out uh, that when they get off stage, the killer ants get on a tour bus. They have a tour bus. <laughs> Which I, I was very confused by. <laughs> After the show, they hang out at the Killer Ants bus. Weird. It just <laughs> takes them from their houses to the downtown area. D- don't don't all the local bands here have tour buses that they uh, yeah. load onto and drive everyone home after after their show at the Outland? <laughs> yeah, like how else are you going to get around? Like, true, how are you going to carry your stuff w- yeah. without chartering a bus? Um, can I give you a sample lyric for a Killer Ant song? Please. Okay. I wish I could sing it. Uh, can I'm, can we all do like over the top hand claps, which is how I assume the crowd is supposed to be. Uh, by the clapping way, along. I, Jessica, I think I know what you're going to read, and I'd like to preface this by saying once again that the killer ants supposedly uh, kicked microphones off stages and broke mm-hmm. beer bottles on tables. <laughs> okay. All right. These, these are the I think I also hands. have this, these exact lyrics. Right <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. We're going to rock. We're going to dance. We're going to sing. We're going to rock. We're going to give it everything. We're the killer ants. I decided. By the way, that, oh, that'd be funny if this. I, I actually, yeah, I, I was, I was thinking about how there, there is some uh, dissonance between the kicking things on stage and then singing those lyrics. But then I remembered one musician, Mr. Andrew WK, who I think right, yeah, would, sure. would <laughs> sing those lyrics and kick stuff off stage. So maybe but I'm wrong. It would, he, he would make it work somehow. Yeah, it's an Andrew he WK would. song. It would be like really fucking rock. Oh man, you know he plays piano too, doesn't he? Yeah, I just realized something. Yeah. Uh, now imagine this book with uh, Andrew WK as Buzzsaw McManus, and <laughs> it actually kind of makes some sense. Let's actually get have this adapted into a film and cast him because that Lin- actually works. Uh, Lin- Linda Cardellini actually send him the lyrics and ask him to compose <laughs> the cover. Like- yeah. Yeah. We, we need to get a time machine, get Linda Cardellini and James Franco from like <laughs> 1999. <laughs> but yeah. who would play uh, David, the uh, the very sincere lead You know singer? who I kept imagining? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Did anyone get that far? In Michael Twin Sarah, Pe- by the way. In Twin Peaks uh, to the, the Herald, the shut-in guy. Did you guys get that far that uh... was friends with Laura? Josh, yes, anybody? but I don't Maybe. remember. Okay, wait, I wait. I kept picturing him. I I think he's in is Fire he Walk with has, me like, more than he's in the show. Is he the one who? It's season two. It's fine. No, I... uh, we don't. Need... He's like the shut-in botanist. Like he's really all about plants. Oh yeah, I, and yeah. she yeah. delivered meals to him. Yes. I kept imagining that actor. Yeah, that guy. Okay. I have to look David. him up just because I can't think of his face, but I remember that whole. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's who I kept picturing as David for some reason. Um, yeah. Again, a character that we'd have to get a time machine to get the actor for because it's really. I'm picturing Bob. <laughs> that's not Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we say it's one of the other hunks uh, in Twin Peaks? Okay. Uh, Zena Ashbrook. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Him. Leather jacketed hunks. Mm-hmm. They love doo wop. They do. Actually, this is perfect. Yeah, they do, actually. <laughs> so, um, anyway, after the show, they meet the rest of the band by their tour bus. And Buzzsaw says, in a couple of years, these kids are going to be the best band in town. So, everyone gets pumped about that. So, um, one day when she goes to babysit Joshua, she has a conversation with Mrs. Stokes. And 
that's when Mrs. Stokes says that she is organizing a back-to-school dance and asks if Presley knows a band that can play. And Presley's like, I do. I, I know a band. I'm in a band. And she's like, oh, what's your band's name? And that's when Presley just blurts out a name. The Rock and Roll Rebels. Dumbest no. name ever. Oh, no. I, I wrote mm. down, I thought the Killer Ants was dumb until we got to the <laughs> yeah. Rock and Roll Rebels. Killer Ants is genius compared to Although them. I will note, I looked on SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and there is no Killer Ants nor Rock and Roll Rebels on there. So free band, wow. free band grabs, name. people. Guys, get them. And then you can say that you got the name from a very obscure <laughs> 80s teen novel. What? People will think you're awesome. So, um. So she is so excited that she has to tell someone about the possibility of ha- of get- getting this gig. Um, Mike is not answering his phone, so she gets in touch with David, and she actually calls him at the place, which I think is funny. Like she just calls, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The place, and she's like, "Uh, is David there?" <laughs> so anyway, um, and so she goes to meet him, and that's when she tells him after his performance that she knows who she's rebelling against, and she says, "I don't want to be a bully like my father." And I don't want to let myself be bullied the way my mother does. So basically every kid, right? Like, I just don't want to be right, my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they do a good, she does a pretty good job of portraying the parents as parents you wouldn't want to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a mother who's completely obliterated or, or like her, her own personality is just like completely uh, uh, non-existent, basically. It's just her father is... Her father lives this completely dull life where the only joy in his life is bowling and gossiping mm-hmm. gossiping about teen drug dealers with his buddies. <laughs> well, I still like to do that. If I so. worked at a gas station, I don't think I'd, I'd have that much to, to live for either. You have two beautiful children. Oh, okay. That you don't yeah. seem to like the one of them that much. Right, right. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to communicate. He doesn't know how to communicate with his teenage daughter. So, I mean, it happens. Um, she and David continue to work on their song. And she thinks that, you know, everything feels so comfortable and easy around David. Things are just comfy. You know, it's easy. Um, her mom picks up Presley from the place and meets David. And as they're driving away, she's talking to Presley and says, hey, does he do drugs? And Presley responds, only heroin. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So. Oh, it's a joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so the committee has decided that, you know what, we're going to select the rock and roll rebels for the back to school dance. And the next rehearsal is very tense. They practice Presley and David's song and Mike hates it. Do they talk about how they hate the band name? I didn't write. Yes. Anything yeah. Yeah. About that. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> Mike they? hates the Mike hates the band name. He says, who said you <laughs> could name the band? Like he's really <laughs> snotty about it to her. Um, but uh, but they vote basically, and everyone else likes it, even though it's a terrible <laughs> band name. We all agree. <laughs> Bad band name. Yeah. Good grief. Um. So Mike actually does take Presley home, and he is angry that Presley saw David behind his back, and he forbids her from seeing David again. And <laughs> this is when he says one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yes, in the book. this is great. He says, "He says David's a sensitive one. I can't talk like he does. I just like to kiss you." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. He's being honest. I'm not for this sensitive talking stuff. I can't. I don't know if it's the next night or the next day, but she's talking to her mom and explains how badly she wants to be a rock star and tells her that she's in a band and they are going to play a gig. But please don't tell dad yet. This is when her mother says, 
She never understood why women found Elvis so handsome. <laughs> Which would be something my mom would probably She's say. looking at that like poster on the uh, on her by her bed. She has it on her ceiling, right? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she continues practicing with Joshua because they're going to have that little concert for the parents at the end of the summer singing Woody Guthrie songs and stuff. And um, she's kind of nervous because her dad still hasn't confronted them about the band. And that's when she thinks that maybe he got off the deep end and was going to do something violent, like shoot all the band members or confiscate my electric guitar. So <laughs> two, two, two equally <laughs> bad things. Very bad. Um, while she's babysitting and Joshua is napping, Mike suddenly shows up and suggests they get stoned and tries to light a joint. Presley, or actually he does, and yeah. Presley asks him to put it out, and she says she doesn't like smoking much. Mike accuses Presley of cheating and trying to take over the band with David and pushes Presley back on the sofa and stretches it on top of her and says, I let you in the band, I let you sing your songs, what more do you want? And is trying to force himself on her. Luckily, Joshua wakes up from his nap and scares Mike off, and that's when Mike says, this is the end, Presley, and Presley says, you're absolutely right. Finally, wisen up. Get rid of that. By the way, you, you, when you say he Josh scares him off, it makes it sound like he like came in there and he's like, oh. "What's yeah. up, bro? What's up?" I don't give I a was, you know, I don't give an f. I, I, I clean my butt with a sprinkler. He mostly just shows up and stares and says like, "What's happening? Can I ride your motorcycle?" Oh. That kind of thing. Or uh, but even he was like, "Get out of here!" Right? Yeah. He does try to convince her to smoke by saying, I thought you were a rebel. I thought you wanted to be a rebel. Like, like she really sets herself up with her, with all of her, like, teared up pins. And I want to be a rock and roll rebel by every time that he wants to, like, I don't know, throw, throw a rock through some glass or uh, touch her boob that he can say, uh, I thought you were a rebel. I guess you're just yeah. part of the system, man. Yeah. I, I will say, though, she was trying to be a responsible babysitter since the motorcycle incident. You know, it's one thing to ride a motorcycle down the street and leave a child alone. It's another to blaze up in the house, you know? So It seems like a quick way to get fired. It's just to yeah. leave, leave a smell of weed throughout the house. <laughs> so now it is the night of the dance. The band gets there and they're loading equipment. Mike is not there yet. And no one has talked to Mike because he didn't show up to help load the equipment at Jack's house. Um, Mrs. Frizzelli is actually one of the chaperones and is stunned that Presley's band is playing. And Presley says, wait till you hear our version of Woody Guthrie's Deportees. It really rocks. <laughs> so we only have one real outfit that is talked about in this book. And it is Presley's rock outfit. And she says that she had tried to find an outfit that would make me feel like a rock and roller. I had on tight black pants. That checks. Mm -hmm. A black t-shirt. Okay. At the drive-in. <laughs> and a long white silk scarf that I had borrowed from my mother. Stevie Nicks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she says I looked a bit sloppy and a little weird. And I hoped extremely cool. Mike is still not shown up and they call his house. His mom says that he left hours ago. Later on, Mrs. Stokes says that she'll introduce the band, and Presley is like, uh, she doesn't know how to introduce a rock band. We'll introduce ourselves. Um, David and Presley dance on the floor. Dance on the floor. <laughs> David and Presley dance. Um, right before showtime, Mike appears, and guess what? He's stoned and drunk. Oh, my God. Both? Both. 
And that's when he says, you have to be a rebel to play rock and roll. Haven't I heard that somewhere? Like a million times? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Presley introduces the band, and her introduction is, we're the rock and roll rebels. Now, come on, everybody. Let's rock. <laughs> that's a pretty good catchphrase. <laughs> Not bad. Um, the band then launches into Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. um, Mike I mean, is struggling. I'll, I'll say this. A smart move to open with a cover at a school dance. You don't want to start with your original stuff because no one wants to hear it. Yeah. By the way, true, the, the true. kids That's definitely, though, have got to be like, what is she? How? What is this song? Like, how old is this song? Like, what she? <laughs> Wait till you hear Deportees. We're going to follow it up with an yeah, even exactly. older song. <laughs> you thought the 50s was old. So Mike is struggling to heap up throughout the show, and they finish the show with Presley's song. They have a snippet of the lyrics, and you got to be rebel to play rock and roll, and that's just what I'm going to be. I'm going to take what I want, and I won't ask twice. Come on and be a rebel with me. Were those the same lyrics I read earlier? Or? I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah there, there's also lyrics mentioned uh, when she's writing the song with David where he's like, you, you, they ask all the questions, and she, he's like, you got to give an answer yeah. or whatever. Um Blake, would this be a good point to play the song? <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we, we got should. a little bit of what okay. this might sound like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Josh and I are going to go ahead and, and, and play it live for you now. Yeah. So I'm just going to step behind the drums here. All right. Actually, Blake has <laughs> yeah. been replaced by a drummer I found in GarageBand named Kyle. He plays SoCal punk rock style. <laughs> <laughs> no garage. Gar- gar- GarageBand has preset drummers, but for some reason, instead of like just styles, they give them names and personalities. <laughs> so it's like you know, that's insane. I chose garage Kyle Band. to play because I didn't want to download um, the plugins. For, forgive, forgive my, forgive my vocal uh, stylings here. I, I, it's, I told Blake I almost went on Fiverr and paid uh, an actual female singer to sing uh, it because, <laughs> eh, well, it would have been worth it for the goo. Yeah. Okay. Here, here goes. Okay. Where's the rebel in me? What kind of person do I want to be? Why am I running? Where should I go? Where are the reasons that I'm looking for? Where is the rebel in me? What kind of person do I want to be? Why am I running? Where should I go? Where are the reasons that I'm looking for? the uh there's there's what i i thought the nice. rock and roll rebels would sound like can i say something a little less rockabilly That's a thousand times better than what yeah. i pictured they yeah. sounded like yeah i think you're being, you're being very generous to them i i uh i told yeah. blake i actually uh 
tried to use the chords that it says at one point in the book they give the chords for her Michael song. Oh wow! And so wow. I tried to use those mostly. Anyway, I've got some 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 Weezer vibes. I'm gonna yeah. go a step further and say I like that song more than Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I should have went with a Stray Cats vibe. That's that's what would have been more accurate to what probably would have been. Uh, who do you think your rock band? Uh, rock band. Garage band. Garage band. Oh, Kyle drummer would have been named if you went Stray Cat style. I don't know. I mean, I only had two options because there there's a lot of them you could download. There was Kyle and there uh-huh. was Max who had an anarchy symbol for the A because yeah. he's, he's he's really yeah. punk rock. But uh, yeah. Blake, by the way, had some cri- criticisms of the drummer on Garage Band. He was like, "This guy, <laughs> this guy needs to." You say? were like, "He needs to lay off the crash." <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean he's yeah he's pretty high energy. Blake he's Blake's feeling little, little Blake's feeling threatened. He's gonna be replaced by a garage. Blake, I don't, I don't want to be replaced by this AI. Blake's eyes went red. Blake's eyes went red, and he said, "I'm Blake, and I play the drums." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail us. I just wanted to put it no. there to to give a a taste of of what the song sounded like. Uh, yeah. Clearly, the triumphant but, moment of the the book, you know, when she plays yeah. her song for yeah, everyone. We, that that's yeah. the most fun thing we've had on here since uh, the times when I used to do song pairs. I was gonna say you need some Coldplay. <laughs> I should have threw a Coldplay reference in there, you know. <laughs> too much. I, I think the actual There's... they actually you can just hire the drummer from Coldplay to do custom things for you. <laughs> he's, he's cheap. He's on fire. Yeah. Okay. He's on cameo and he will do drum solos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will bucks. say, if that's what it sounded like at a school dance, and that's a pretty fun school dance. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. I yeah. I was thinking, you know, like school rock. They they, they play the big song at the end, mm, you know? Like yeah. that, clearly she's writing it like this is the big moment for Presley, right? She gets up there yeah. and mm-hmm. plays her, her song. This is her anthem. Yeah, yeah. That has to be followed up by a little bit of a come down because later on, after the dance is over, they go to the parking lot and there's a confrontation with Mike. And Mike tells Presley that she made a lot of mistakes and that she messed up as much as Chip used to. And David steps in and defends Presley and clarifies and says it was actually Mike who fucked up. And Mike wants Presley out of the band. And David says, guess what? We want you out. And that's when Mike says, the rock and roll rebels. Who needs it? <laughs> and then... Owned. Everyone... Everyone watches as their drunken stoned friend gets on his motorcycle and drives away. Uh, it, it should have like ended tip, with it should tip over. Yeah, no, it should have. He just should have driven right into like the nearest pole in the parking lot, <laughs> falling off. Uh, well, talk about a big come down. Presley's dad, after their performance, after he finds out she's in a band, grounds Presley for two weeks. No records or radio, oh. no phone calls, what? and absolutely no guitars. Oh, man. Imagine 14 days of that rock and roll. It was terrible. Um, During that time that she's grounded, she reads the um, Woody Guthrie's autobiography, and she reads a biography of the Beatles, and she writes four new songs while she's grounded. She found a way around it, reading reading rock bios. (laughs) Right, exactly. She should have banned those, too. And he, he can't take the songs out of your head, you know, like... So she can still write songs called, like, My Dad's a Bitch, <laughs> Fuck Dad. <laughs> My Dad's a Fascist. Yeah. That's what I would have written. Can't, you can't take the rebellion out of here, Dad. <laughs> I'm pointing to my brain. You can take away my pen that says rip it up, but you can't rip up my thoughts, man. <laughs> 
Um, while she's grounded, she does a lot of thinking and has epiphanies about Mike. And she thinks about her relationship with Mike day by day and kiss by kiss. Oh. I really liked how that's written. Gross. Um, she <laughs> realizes that Mike never treated her like a person, and all he wanted was someone to smoke dope and make out with. Yeah, I mean, he literally told you that, lady. I, mean, I, mean. <laughs> I don't like all the talking. I just like to kiss you. <laughs> he didn't care about her guitar playing or songwriting at all, and then he blamed her for his mistakes at the dance. What a creep. Um, and then she starts to feel sorry for him because he doesn't know how to treat other people and doesn't treat himself very well either. And if he didn't slow down, he was going to burn himself out like those rock stars Buzzy, Buzzy had told her about. The only difference is that Mike would do it before he was a star. So, sad. Very um, sad. Yeah. She also has realizations about being a rebel. Um, being a rebel didn't mean that she had to run around getting stoned all the time or making love with someone when I didn't really want to. That wasn't being a rebel. That was just being an idiot. And she likes folk now. <laughs> so I wrote that in all caps. This this book uh, is a government psyop to make rock <laughs> seem not cool and to convince you that actually the real rebellion is to not have sex, not do drugs, and to enjoy folk Listen music. Listen to your parents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the government would want you to love Woody Guthrie that much, though. That's true. But, Yeah. Uh, so David comes by one day, but he can't see Presley because she's grounded and her dad comes to her room and tells her that David stopped by and he notices the Guthrie book on the floor and says, hey, you know what? I like this land is your land. And they kind of have a moment there. <laughs> so He's like, I don't like the nice. socialist verses, though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only yeah. the one. He, he definitely likes your land is uh, my this land is your land in the way that a lot of people remember the song, which is just that <laughs> line. You know I mean? Yeah. Just not the, when we sang it in music class yeah. in, yeah. in grade yeah. school. Not yeah. the verses about property being abolished, pro- private property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, from California to the New York islands. So, uh, she is still babysitting though. And on her last day babysitting, she and Joshua performed their little mini concert. And for her hard work, Mrs. Stokes gives Presley, Woody Guthrie and Elvis records and at dinner she apologizes to her family and her dad allows Presley to stay in the band later Presley takes David to meet Jake at the record ranch and Jake introduces them to Otis Redding and they tell Jake that Mike left their band and Jake's like hey I have a suggestion uh I have a friend named Gorilla and he would be a great new lead guitarist so freeze frame they all (laughs) they all laugh and then freeze frame that's the end of the movie then an actual ape walks in. <laughs> um, Presley has the realization that David likes her, like likes her, likes her. And as they leave the record store and they walk together, she looks straight ahead and smiles. And she says, I didn't have to check my reflection in the store windows. I was absolutely certain that I looked cool. The end. That's how you know you're cool when you don't have to look in the mirror. <laughs> That's right. Nice. So. All right. All right, gang. What are we going to rate this? Give a rating. I don't think there were any Goodreads ratings. I think there was only there one weren't. person who had... The only person who had rated it was you when I rated it. <laughs> what was... did I rate it? Uh, well, it had an average three-star rating, and there was one rating, okay, so... and you gave it three stars. So... <laughs> <laughs> there, Generous. There okay. also wasn't a... Uh, like, there wasn't a photo. Like, there was barely an entry no. for this. How did you yeah, find this, by sad. the way? You just looked at the up? book. Yeah. 
Um, I think I was just looking up funny. This is how I find a lot of books for this podcast is I look up, um, I just Google funny young adult book covers and I find books that way. Um, and this was one that came up and I just liked the cover. And I By thought the way, fun. We- I really want to turn Good Rockin' Tonight's cover into a show poster. Yeah. Like Josh has helped us do with other YA. I, well, I, I, I wanted to talk, talk about the cover as well. Um, which, uh, Josh, I don't know. I think you have the book. Uh, the cover, I kept looking at the dude on the cover and I was like, who does this guy look like? I could not figure it out. At one point I thought, Nick Cave. At one point I thought Bear Grylls. (laughs) I don't know why. I got a little bit. And then I thought the dude from Game of Thrones that played, um, the, the brother Lannister, uh, not, not the short Jamie one. Jamie Lannister? Uh, yeah, the actor who played uh, him, Nick Nicolaj, whatever. But then the girl, does that girl look 15 on that cover? Absolutely not. Presley's that is supposed not to be her. a 15-year-old, and look at her on the cover. It's like, yeah, not 15 at all. Also, but. I wish she was wearing her rock fit. Where's that long white scarf? I want to know. Yeah. He's not there. Suspenders, which is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, I... Like a church clown. So I I didn't do a rating for this book. I don't know if you guys usually have the guest do ratings as well. If you want. But I was going to say I you know, I have it I don't read young adult books often um and you guys certainly do, but I was actually kind of impressed <laughs> with this book's um I don't know, I felt like there was a lot of things that were actually really uh I don't know if accurate's the right word, but I was just impressed by some of the the uh, the, the honesty of the book. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. like and maybe this is just a typical thing in young adult literature, but like when they started talking about how he was smoking pot and they like had her smoke pot, but they didn't go the route of like, and now she was a drug fiend that, you know, like I, I just, for some reason thought like it would definitely take it in this direction of like a cautionary tale, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of authentic and real that they took it the direction of like, yeah, she smoked pot with this guy on the first date and they had a good time and it was fun and she liked it. But then yeah. like after a few times she was, you know, kind of thought, oh, this is getting tiresome and I, I don't want to do this anymore. I just felt like that was a very real depiction of what it would be like to be in that relationship at that yeah. age. But maybe that's how and all young adult books are. Maybe I, I'm coming No, to absolutely this. not. We've, no. we've read we've some addicts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, no, yeah. there are a lot of like movie of the week, you know what I mean? Like, uh, after school special kind of like after school special. Yeah. Type. And yeah. the the other thing that I thought she did a good job of representing about the relationship is so she clearly likes this guy because he's hot and it's the kind of guy she would like to like, but doesn't really like him. And she talks about how she does have fun on the nights when they get stoned together and make out. But when she doesn't, it's boring, and she's not having fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that seems like a fairly authentic representation of uh, that kind of relationship. And, and then also, yeah. I thought, like, the whole thing with Buzzsaw was actually kind of felt true to life as well. Like, the fact that there's this old, burned-out musician that gives guitar lessons. And, you know, and again, they could have taken it the route of he turns out to be, I don't know, a real creep, a Predatory, bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Yeah. But they, they took it in the direction of like, he just tells her like, yeah, I used to do a lot of drugs and, and it was bad. And now I don't do, you know, as many, but at the same time he's sleeping in late drink. Like right. it, that, it just felt like kind of a, a true to life representation of people that I'm sure we've all known that like are still mm-hmm. living like they're young when they're in their late thirties, you know, like he's, 
he's mm-hmm. how old is he? Because I I was I assuming he was like t- mid twenties. <laughs> well, whenever you're young, everyone seems so right. old Absolutely. when they're in their twenties. So, yeah. but he could have been twenty eight. Like, but he's well, also someone who, other than playing gigs and giving guitar lessons, definitely off the books. Uh, he's probably on a bunch of government services, so he doesn't have a job. <laughs> and uh, he's making ten dollars a pop or whatever from uh, from kids Presley who and Mike and yeah, yeah, definitely other like the, the only thing that really seen kids didn't feel authentic though was like the fact that she's really into Elvis <laughs> and like some of that R- stuff where it was just like this doesn't seem accurate. But if it takes the- place in 1965, <laughs> I think that that works. Yeah. The- yeah. I will I, say. I feel like if this, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say the feelings in the book seem accurate. Yes. All of yeah. the settings and the uh, the period details in this maybe it maybe this is an artistic choice to make it. There's no period of time where this is set, yeah. and it's just so it's evergreen. Not really because it's <laughs> it's all silly. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say like yeah, I think that I really enjoyed reading this book because it did remind me of when I was like, I don't know, a teenager and really discovering like bands that I liked and, and how I would like dance around and rock out in my bedroom to them. And just the passion that I felt and just how exciting it was to go to like CD warehouse and like buy, you know, I'm trying to think like the evil empire and talk to the record store guys. You know what I mean? Like, you it talked to the record. Really... I was afraid of the record store guys. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted people to think I was cool. They so... they love speaking to young girls, from what I understand. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> Just in general, I'm not saying any specific record store guys. Um, I mean, in fact, I wanted them to tell me like, "Oh, wow, you have such good taste." <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> I wanted so like cool. their I wanted their approval. I always got um, made fun of by record store guys because I was you were always buying, buying Carmen what? CDs. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was buying punk stuff and they all thought punk was stupid basically. At the like, like has, I, have you heard heard this new spiritualized album? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that kind of shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it did take me to that. And so I did have a lot of fun reading, like you said, like the emotions, like that kind of stuff felt really real, uh, to me as well. I just got taken out of it when it was like Elvis Presley. I'm like, this is set in the eighties. Like she could have totally made this like, right. She did even like a rock star from like the seventies, you know, she did a good job of being an adult writing about being a teenager, remembering what it was like to be a teenager rather than writing about Mm -hmm. being a teenager as and you know, you know, like when adults write teens, but the the, the teens are adults. Yeah, it, like that kind of bad writing, rather than this, which is more so, authentic. So, to that. what is your what is your rating? Uh, a piss. Yeah. Oh, I give it uh, three three hooves. Yeah. I would give it three liberty so spikes, said- but the 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 uh, book was not punk <laughs> enough to switch up the rating system, so. Uh, yeah, no, I liked it. It's it's especially coming off reading. I'm gonna say like 90 straight R.L. Stein books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have read a lot of yeah. consecutive like horror. Um, yeah. What did we do yeah. last time? Oh, no, we did Fear Street last time. By by, by the way, uh, I noticed uh, there was no quizzing of of Josh this time about oh yeah whether or not true. he had read mm-hmm. the book. 
I figured he'd like it because Buzzsaw. Like, I figured. Okay. He'd yeah, like no, it. I got pulled in thinking this was going to be a punk book <laughs> based on the name yeah, Buzzsaw. Yeah. And I very quickly found out I was. So it's only <laughs> it's only VC Andrews books that you you feel like you've got to quiz him on yeah. maybe a little bit. So yeah, um, I'm going to quiz him on the next. But, one. By the way, so. speaking of, uh, can I can I read you some of the names of the books at the back of this book uh, that I thought were interesting? It was like you know other books by the same publisher that you can order, mm-hmm. and I just put together a quick list because I was like, these names are crazy. Uh, so we've got. Uh, I will make you disappear. Bells on their toes. Ugh. The girl who wanted a boy. <laughs> uh, Daddy long legs. <laughs> that was the one I got. Uh, in our house, Scott is my brother. <laughs> the what? Those, in our house, Scott is my brother by C.S. Adler. The late great me. Confessions of a teenage baboon. Gentle hands, <laughs> gentle hands, and then where the red fern grows. <laughs> that was the one. That, that was what that got me. There's just where the oh red fern grows God. at the end. You know, this is the classic. Uh, that so, was a Bantam book. I remember the cover. Here's yeah. what I'll say about the the girl who wanted a boy. Seems like the most <laughs> like we don't have a name for this book, uh, and someone just very lazily did that. But it's by it looks like Paul Zindel Zindel who wrote um, uh, the Pig Man. Which is like a classic. He also he also wrote a book that I bought that everyone talks about, and I I think he wrote it. It was called like My Darling, My Hamburger or something. <laughs> oh wait, he also you wrote know? Confessions of a Teen Teenage Baboon. This yeah, motherfucker he's on is co- on one. <laughs> <laughs> he's on there. A couple is this days. A, a zany body swap comedy with a, a boy and a monkey? I hope so. No clue. Um, I'm assuming none of those are the books you guys are talking about next time, though, right? No, no. Next time, in fact, I picked a book. Okay, so a long time. Next month is uh, Women's History Month, right? And so I, a long time ago, I mentioned how um, there was an issue of Spin Magazine I got when I was a kid with Fiona Apple on the cover called The Girl Issue. And so we are reading Spin Magazine from <laughs> 1990. Oh. From November 1997. Josh, you got to see this one. It's a good one. So uh, I there's a section that was like books on, you know, every girl's bookshelf or whatever. And when I was a kid, I looked through that list and I was like, oh, my God, I got to read all these books. But um, so I picked a book from that that I remember loving when I was in high school. Um, and it's called Girl Goddess Number 9 by Francesca Leah Block. So you're holding it up so we can see it on the camera, but uh-huh. don't forget yes. that you have put a blurry thing on, so you have blurred it out, oh. <laughs> whatever filter Dang you're it. using. You can't see it if we hold it close? It's still no. kind of blurry. I can uh, see. <laughs> well, it's a collection of short stories by Francesca Leah Block, and we're probably going to have to approach it differently because it is short stories. We'll probably just each pick one that we like. Our first short story collection That's ever. That's right. Um, and I've been rereading it, and I freaking love it. Uh, and remembered why I liked it so much. I think, I don't know, Josh might like it. Um, how do you feel about artists like Tori Amos? <laughs> like Josh loves, I mean, Piss loves her. My my <laughs> father, uh, I believe, smashed my brother's Tori Amos records. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love that I would John say, had Tori Amos. I would say she's a literary equivalent of that. I mean, I love Tori Amos too, so. I mean, Tori um, Amos is the literary equivalent of Tori Amos with her mm-hmm. with her poetry collections. As is Jewel, oh, Jewel's a knight mm-hmm. without armor, the 
as Deep. is do you see Lana that book Del a lot Rey. at the bookstore uh-huh. by the way i feel like i see that one at thrift shops a i lot. see it at thrift stores a lot <laughs> 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 that i when when that came out that probably sold two million copies like yeah, that was just you think? everywhere you, j- yes or at least they printed two million copies they printed two <laughs> yeah. million yeah no it, i can't it, imagine that it sold a ton like yeah it's probably like most people's first introduction to poetry, yeah. like just buying so that, that. That's coming. I mean, back, I I think? bought and read it mm-hmm. when I was. Is it always bad when a pop singer does a poetry collection? Like, and I'm including uh, not, Jim Morrison in this. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst poetry book. Uh, not uh, David Berman, but everyone else. I, I was going to say it's even worse when Leonard a uh, a poet tries to become a pop singer. If we all remember Charles Bukowski's. Uh, <laughs> You know, pop stardom <laughs> career. It didn't go well. <laughs> because lyrics, musical lyrics don't translate necessarily to poetry and vice versa. You know what I mean? It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's different. It's a different skill set. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I can write songs. Leonard Cohen has written some books of poetry, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some poems. And, and he's written novels, too. I, like, I feel like his songs are so different, though. Um, I, I don't know. Jeff, they're about the least poppy thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't least, think of pop singers. I was going to say Jeff Tweedy of Woco also has poetry books, but that's... Yeah. Does he have poetry? Yeah, I would... yeah he has one. I know. I actually... I liked his book quite a bit, and a lot of times I don't like when musicians write books. The, because... His autobiography one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're not... Even if they're good lyric writers, they might not be good... I mean, the exception, Writer. obviously, is Tommy Lee <laughs> with Tommy Land. Or Woody, or Woody <laughs> oh, Guthrie yeah. with uh, uh, Bound for Glory. Yeah, I've Bound never for read Glory Woody really Guthrie. Uh, have you read the Anthony um, Kiedis book, Josh? Scar Tissue? Scar Tissue? I have not. <laughs> oh, God. It's such a good trashy read. It's so bad. Is, is, that, oh. it's, is that one with a ghost? He has a ghost writer. I or think not a so, ghost, but like it, a it's, just, it's just pure trashy you know, read. Probably the same as the Tommy Lee one, which I haven't read. That's beyond trash. <laughs> I did. I didn't read it, but I listened to a yeah. two-part podcast about it. <laughs> I was. I want to tell you, I was very disappointed by Bruce Springsteen's autobiography. I wanted some trash. Not there, guys. Yeah, yeah. I want. I want gossip. Like same reason I didn't like I, Chronicles is fine. The volume Chronicles Volume One by Bob Dylan. Uh, Fifteen years later, where is Volume Two, Bob? Nowhere to be found. <laughs> He got bored. Jacob with that. will publish it later. Yeah. All right. Well. So uh, next time, Girl Goddess number nine. So look for that. Josh, do you have anything you want to promote before we go out? Yes, I, I do. Feel like I should tell everyone to, uh, if you have not, go listen to our uh, Blake and I's podcast uh, along with our other band members who are not here. Uh, more of that presents discography. I think yeah. spelled uh, discography spelled uh, discography, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I can spell it. I can spell it now. I'll say. Nice. Uh, also, it I took- do want to <laughs> give a shout out to this podcast for giving that podcast its sign off. We, you know, we didn't have a sign off. And then uh, Josh, do you know, you gave us a sign off. It was you that came up with Did it, he? I believe. Yeah. Really? Yeah, back what? in uh, one of the episodes, I don't remember which one it was, of Are You There Pod, at one point you guys were talking about sign-offs for different podcasts, and I think you okay, I you that. asked something about a sign-up for Discographology, and Blake's like, yeah, we don't have one, and you said, Josh, it's something like, I don't know, remember to listen to music? 
<laughs> and so I purposefully started doing that in the our podcast uh, from then I, well, on. Now I thought now it's stuck. I now. have been thinking, why is there? Why do they have such a stupid uh, sign off? And it turns out, <laughs> twist. You came up with it. I'm the stupid. You invented one. it, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I like your sign off. <laughs> I, I will so say now, Matt, now Matt who we do the podcast with, uh, has a very deep meaning to it. Like I don't know if you remember that, Blake. He was I in one of the episodes he went into a very deep uh, explanation <laughs> of like what it means to him and stuff. So he, he's imbued wow. it with some meaning that I don't think was there wow. originally. It it is kind of like the scene in Almost Famous when he's up on the on the roof and he's like stoned when he says i'm a golden god but first he then he says uh or he says i'm on drugs and then yeah, and then yeah. he says i i hold on i want to come with something uh deeper and smarter before i jump off and he says i dig music <laughs> and then everyone yeah, just like kind of yeah. groans and like okay but then he says i'm on drugs again and, the <laughs> and then they go yeah. cheer louder yeah <laughs> that that's that's why he's the front man he knows how to play or he or He's not the front man, but uh, he knows how to play to an audience. That's how you become a rock star. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, All right. Here, well. What, what are you guys doing right now on your podcast? Well, as far as I don't know when this episode will drop. Oh, uh, it, within this. It'll drop this Sunday. Okay, so then we'll be in mm -hmm. the midst of still doing A Tribe Called Quest. And this week's episode, they talk about uh, butts some. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, we no, do. Something gets beeped out for a long time. <laughs> I, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I guess the episode did come out yesterday, right? It's out. Yeah. yeah, we talk yeah. about apple. It, bombs. We talk about a yeah. lot of things that are <laughs> like. Uh, it's a very fun episode. It, it is. Uh, as as we've said, it's it's possibly our spiciest episode we've done. It's today. rated double R. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's horny. It, it is. Yikes. Well, um, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. Give us a rating. Review us. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at ArguTheirPod. And guess what? We have a Twitter account now. now um, call. You can follow us at Jimmy Goosebumps. At Jimmy Goosebumps <laughs> because she laughed through it. And if you want to support us and get uh, download my sweet Coldplay parody songs and the Are You There Pod theme song in its entirety, Patreon.com slash AuxAudio, A-U-X-A-U-D-I-O. That's it. So until next time, see you later, horse girls.